Hi, I'm Kevin, and welcome to my podcast, Finding My Freedom, where we talk about our passion in life and how we go about pursuing these things that we love. Whether you're a musician, artist, mechanic, tradesman, whatever it is that you love to do, whatever it is that gets you up and gets you motivated in the morning, I love to talk about and and uh, explore how we can live a more balanced life between the things we have to do and the things we love to do. This week is a very good week. We have Tyrell Collins, the founder of a small recording studio out of Hand Lake, Minnesota called Ohm Eye Productions, and Leah Pickhart. She's one of the studio musicians that uh, Tyrell uses, and um, she plays a major part in doing a lot of vocal things, backup vocals, and different stuff like that. So it's a really great conversation to have these two with me today. Um, I spent some time in Minnesota, so it was always really nice to reminisce a little bit and talk about um, what their experience was back when I was there, you know, that sort of thing. I met them through Sunny Leilani. Um, they're recording her record there. So we'll be playing a couple tunes from uh, the record and um, just kind of talk about uh, the recording process and, and you know, just a couple of musicians having a chat. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed this conversation, so... So I think that's enough of me blab, 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 blabbing around. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoy this. It's Tyrell Collins and Leah Pickart from Ohm Eye Productions. Hey, Tyrell and Leah, how you guys doing today? Doing good. Doing good. Uh, I worked on uh, one of the Sonny's tracks from John's album today. Uh, mixed some stuff and was doing some drums it was a pretty pretty fun day so yeah it's been a good day it's just been working all day but yeah, yeah. always a good time here just work 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 huh so you guys are all from the beautiful state of minnesota how's the weather yeah yeah uh-huh. very beautiful it was actually um in the 70s today so it was a be- very beautiful day but it's supposed to get quite cold now so well, I have a small connection with uh, Minnesota. I went to a school called Music Tech back in 1996. Oh, right on. It was a little music trade school, um, kind of like GIT, but, you know, where it was cold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah my, brother, my brother graduated there in 98, I believe. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Like... It was a great experience. I feel like that was the very beginning of becoming a serious musician, you know, and uh, the teachers were really great about, you know, if they had a gig they thought you might be good for, they would recommend you and stuff. And so we just kind of took off from there. Sure. Cool, cool. Excellent. Well, what did you play in a band during that time? Yeah, it was mostly cover band stuff, you know, like. I was also getting a lot of sub work calls and different things like that. So, well, because so I played in a band called Dead Letter Office from '98 or '9 to about 2006, and we played. We weren't like that big at probably around then, but like I don't know. I just I I went to so many 
local band shows back then, I might have saw you or something that just kind of interests me. Yeah, like all I did was go to shows back then. I mean, Minneapolis is such a great music town, you know, especially back then, because it was before all the karaoke stuff started getting really big. And, you know, I was from a small town in Michigan, and so just to be able to see music that much and to see world-class musicians that are right there was an incredible experience for me. Yeah, man, I still think about it. Like, you could go out, like, four or five nights a week and see, like, amazing stuff that isn't on the radio. Like, better than is on the radio, but that you'll never see again. I, I have, like, a collection on my laptop of of CDs from bands back then, actually. It's kind of interesting. Nice, uh, yeah. There's some cool stuff. And actually, there's a band called B, like the letter B, uh-huh. and they're they're still around and they're coming back to Minnesota in like two weeks or something two or three weeks and I'm going so that's going to be interesting and that would have been like 2000 2001 when they were first around so nice yeah a bunch of us used to get together on every Monday night and go down and see Dr. Mambo's combo oh right on yeah sure of course going to see them guys was just such an incredible experience they were so good man a lot of those guys were the top studio musicians in town and they worked for Prince and you know yeah but every time I'd go down there I'd be inspired to like just get better and work harder did you say it was bunkers? (laughs) I believe so yeah um Dr. Mambo's combo on Monday nights yeah yeah yep yep bunkers is great man yeah Wow. And there was the First Avenue and the Fine Line. Right. Just killer blues clubs. I mean, it's just music everywhere all the time. It was just awesome. Yeah, that was a great era. I can't, I feel blessed to have lived through that and to have like participated for sure. Oh, yeah, man. It was definitely a unique time. So, do you guys want to just start off with uh, where you're from and, you know, how the music bug bit you yeah yeah you want to go first Leah? yeah sure i mean i am very new to this kind of music scene the scene that you guys are talking about um i was in all these choirs in uh high school and whatnot and and did all the musical theater and then i went to school for a bachelor's in vocal performance and kind of did all that so I got a really good like background schooling in classical uh, music, and I kind of fell away from that because I just didn't really find my place there. And it's been kind of a a long dark road of of not of searching and not really knowing what I'm looking for. And I've uh, stumbled upon Oh My Productions and Ty and and Sunny and some other amazing artists, and they I'm just soaking in like a sponge. Uh, the world of not having things written down on sheet music and it's just been a really fun ride um that's part of the reason why i love the work that we've done on sunny's album so much is it's just been it's been like a crazy class um where i'm just learning right on the job and you know everybody talks about those kinds of experiences where you just kind of go in and you just are learning as you go and then you just kind of know it as you go and it's been really fun. It's been really fun. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been singing my whole life, so I've, that's just, it's always been my passion. It's, it's always going to be a part of my life. Yeah. Nice. Are you finding a certain amount of freedom from like 
you know, experimenting with doing things for how how it feels instead of just like uh, doing it exactly like it's written on the paper. Oh my goodness. I, in the last year, have really been focusing and trying to go outside the box and uh, go out, yeah, break all the rules that I was taught. Um, it's been extremely freeing and it's been extremely fun. Uh, is really what it's been. Um, I I went to school and I have a bachelor's degree, but I could not do the things that I'm doing now that I learned in the last year, that's for sure. So, you know, you never stop learning and that's that's true, so. Plus, uh, the more experience you get on this side of things, I mean, you're gonna have the best of both worlds because you've got a huge toolbox to pull from getting your degree and, you know, going through the school. Yeah, it's it's really fun to tie things in because I understand the theory behind everything that's going on. So it's kind of like being behind the scenes of the brain surgery operations in some degree. Like you kind of understand how it works. And it just when you understand the functionality of how it works, it just makes it so much more fun, I think, you know, Um just you can see all of the different pathways that you can take and that I don't know maybe you could see other ways but I, this is just the way that I've always learned so yeah how about you Ty yeah for me uh I guess like my the first thing that really got me to like love music I think is like my dad he uh he's like a crazy like record junkie type guy from the 70s and like when I was in my mom's womb he used to put stereo speakers up to the womb and play like the doors and Hendrix and stuff like that you know oh nice <laughs> yeah. that's, that's awesome dude and so I felt like I don't know I kind of like came out like knowing the words to all these songs you know and uh, I don't know there's kind of like right away this sense of like how awesome music is or whatever and then, like, uh, I think when I was, like, uh, like 18 or something, 17, 18, when I was, like, second year in college, maybe, uh, I don't know, just college seemed really boring, and it was just, like, high school over again, you know? And I had this group of friends, um, well, including my brother. My brother was, like, this killer guitar player and violin player and stuff since he was, like, young. And, uh, you know, he was always, like, in the basement, like, with his, like, 10-watt Marshall, like, on max, writing these, like, super metal riffs and stuff when he was 14. Nice. And I just remember thinking, God, how does he do that? How can he, like, he sounds like the guys on the records. How does he do that, you know? And I never really gave it much interest because I was, like, really studious and, like, I don't know, like, I, I was did, like, a lot of, like, other kind of stuff studious wise I guess martial arts and things like that mathematics but like once I got into college I kind of got bored with all that and like all my buddies were jamming tunes and my brother was like this ripping guitar player and my one of my new buddies was like this really saucy guitar player too and I just kept watching them play and I just started feeling like man I can do this too so I started playing bass uh, along with them and learning their guitar chords and just learning from them while we hung out. Nice. And then we, I kind of got into this the band I was talking about, Dead Letter Office, and uh, like one of the guys in the band was really technologically advanced, you know, for, and he's into Apple stuff. So he got, he had a G4 
and then he had an early, a version of Cubase early. And we were just messing around in the garage, making songs, you know? I mean, it's got to be like 2000, 99, 2002, somewhere in that era. And I just kind of really early on recognized the power of like, you know, the technology is going to change so fast and the average guy is going to have the power of the studio in his hand, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then uh, the biggest change for me was getting my first digital audio workstation that like was just mine. That wasn't like somebody else's I could play on. Um, like after I did that, uh, it was like so interesting how your mind opens up. Like I studied a lot of music theory with books and then just learning from other musicians. Like my brother had a music degree. Uh, my other buddy had a music degree. So I would just ask them like, why do you do a minor and why do you do this? And what does it mean? And just like ask them all the questions that you would have had to learn in school until I had that knowledge kind of. And then, when they were bored of answering my questions or whatever, I would just like study on my own. And and then, like I said, like having the digital audio workstation, uh, like probably my first one was like 2006. And uh, all of a sudden it was just like this explosion. Like when I wasn't at work, man, I was like making a song on that thing. And it didn't matter if it was like a song I cared about for the rest of my life or for the rest of that day. I was just trying to figure out what you could do and how things worked, you know? And then yeah, that led to more and more questions and knowledge and, and like money spending money is like, I mean, I'd like I've spent like, you know, thousands, tens of 50, whatever, thousands of dollars on mics and cords and things to, to, you know, cause I can't I have a limit to what I can do at the time. And I have to research, how do I get this limit removed? You know? Uh, and so it just, I don't know, over time, uh, you know, just kind of studied and studied and studied until now it's like my whole life, you know? Sure. So, um, do you do much live playing anymore or do you just mainly focus on what you're doing in the studio at this point? Well, like actually, uh, we do a lot of, um, like open mic type stuff or like small concert type stuff, you know, here and there in the cities a bit. But sure. um, but I do kind of feel like, for me anyway, uh, there's an expression that I want to get out that I feel like maybe can only come out through the studio type of thing. Um, it's so hard to like get enough people together to make a band to then play. They all have that Friday off, that type of thing. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. And and then the three people in the bar that actually listen to your song that night one of them understood your lyrics and kind of understood what you meant. I mean, I mean, I guess if music's about connecting with other people and like, if you're trying to write it for more than just yourself, like if you're writing it for that sense of connection and that sense of community, I feel like for me at my age, the best way to actually achieve that would be to put something on iTunes, you know, and then hope it gets traction or whatever. And not only that, I feel like because I guess my ideas are so big that the only way I can get it out is like through that medium because I don't I can't I don't know 10 people to play that on stage with me right now or whatever you know what I mean type of thing yeah. uh, and it gets tough I mean even when I was in my 20s uh, and there was a bunch of guys and gals that 
weren't really serious about their careers, they'd rather do music. It was hard then. And now everybody has like families and careers. And so it's kind of a little bit easier as a one man show to, uh, you know, when you have like, when you hear a song in your head and you hear, you know, eight or nine rhythmic or instrument or vocal parts to that song, in order to fulfill that, you know, kind of desire 100%, you got to put it on some kind of quote unquote paper, you know? Right. That's how I feel, I guess. How about you, Leo? About that specifically? Well, same question, yeah. Like, uh, or was that even a question, or am I, I just off on a tangent? Oh, no, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think, Leo? Do you still sing live much, or is it something that you want to continue to do, or are you really digging the recording process and all that stuff? Yeah, I mean, I have lots of experience singing live. Tons of experience singing live without a microphone. So adding a microphone has been quite the learning curve. Um, so it, I haven't done a ton of live performance, a little bit here and there. I've enjoyed it, um, and I've always enjoyed live performance. I'm still not sure if that's exactly the place for me in some ways, and so I'm just keeping my options open. I've really, really enjoyed um, some of this background work of, you know, putting these vocals on Sunny songs and trying to see how I can use my voice as an instrument instead of just being the star of the show. Because honestly, that it, I, it gets kind of boring after a while, especially if you know the theory behind music. It's like, I want to sing the bass part if I can. I can't because I'm a soprano, but man, if I could <laughs> sing bass, you know I would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Can I just say too, Kevin, that. Uh, on that kind of same uh, like branch of thought, having Leah working at the studio here, I mean, it's been—I don't know if it's been more than a year that you've been working with the studio. Yeah, probably. But, uh, generically. But, but in many instances, not just with Sonny's album, but like—I uh, mean, I'm a composer too, and we've had some other clients through here, um, like our this guy that we know, uh, Tom Lang, and. Uh, well, anyway, Leah's just really talented in the studio because of because she has like so much vocal prowess, if you will, you know, and she sure. and she can kind of mimic these different styles. Um, and even if it's not a style she's strong with, I've you know she she can like try it out, and usually it's like better than anybody else that I know could do type thing. <laughs> and uh, right, but and also um, for like you know for like the paid client stuff when they want like supportive female vocals i mean she's like the know, a swiss army knife of utility if you will you know what i mean yeah, i've used I, I've, we've used her uh, kind of in so many different ways for different clients and projects uh you know it's just really cool for me because there's there isn't a plug-in that can do what she can do you know and right like right like I can't just throw a, like an expensive, you know, keyboard mod and and do that part or whatever. Uh, the way that she can like learn their lyrics and I don't know, emulate and emote the same way that like the the main singer is singing, you know. And uh, it's just been incredible, man. It's like it's like having a really great violinist at at your you know fingertips and they can do anything. You know, it's just it's fantastic. So. Well, thank you. That's really high praise. And thanks. Yeah. yeah you're welcome. Uh, I, I've said for a long time, actually, that I just want 
to harmonize to things. And now I get to live my dream. Yeah. So it's just fun. Well, and that's kind of how she quote unquote got the job in some of these things. I, I noticed, well, and she even <laughs> says, like she she really picks out and sings harmonies well. She doesn't really like to sing the main part, you know? Well, and the just, reason behind that, yeah. actually, I've been doing it for a very long time, and it's because I was singing along to songs on the radio, which are 75% sung by males. And, well, I grew up listening to country radio, which is 75% sung by males, I should say. Um, and... Uh, I couldn't ever sing the the key they were singing in without singing really high or really low in my register, and I just wanted to sing in my range. And so I would just, I eventually, because I was singing in choir at the same time and learning how to, you know, hear your voice against other people's, understanding how that was built up, that's when I started doing it. My sister hated it in the car every time I did it. Um, and now the best thing of my life is that I drive my own car and I can sing to my heart's content whatever har weird harmonies I want and they get weirder now that I'm really trying to experiment but that's uh, like my drawing board is my driver's seat of my car so uh, yeah there's some really experimental type stuff she did on, on Sonny's album coming up here um, I mean just like kind of using her voice as a keyboard or something type of thing not not really using effects to make it sound like a keyboard but the way she sang and the way we layered it kind of stuff um yeah building chords and using harmony yeah yeah it's kind of neat and just a little bit of reverb and then it's like boom you don't even have to add like a vocoder or something on it it already sounds weird enough <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah some of the the timbres of my voice sometimes i don't know what's happening but you I know mean, just we go for it yeah she does this like kind of she was doing this thing with like firsts and fourths and stuff that was just like sounding really cool so but uh, yeah i can't wait till people check it out man it's gonna be cool so I've had Sonny on the show like three times and like each time we get to see how the songs are starting to evolve. And the cool thing about it is it's documented, right? So how has it been for you guys seeing the process and, and how things have been evolving? How do you guys feel about that stuff? Yeah, it's been almost a year. You know, Kevin, when we first started, you know, and Sonny asked me to do this, um, I Originally, we really didn't plan to like put this much like time and extra stuff into the album, I think. Or at least I didn't, I don't know if I recognized at the time that that was what was going to happen. Uh, it, you know, it was kind of this open-ended casual thing where she just wanted to get a really good recording of some of these songs and she wanted to just sit down with her guitar and sing. Now, I like to do things like in pieces, you know, if we're going to do a song, then I want to have a master rhythm track, I want to play to the master rhythm track, I want the vocals to be recorded in a clean room and all that stuff, you know? But she just wanted to sit and sing with her guitar and it's like, okay, that's... And, and she really, you know, Sonny... Sonny has like a really strong inner metronome and, and she can emote through that, you know? It's not like she's a robot, she will... She'll speed up and slow down when it's appropriate and when she's trying to, you know... Uh, yeah, for 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 an intent or reason, um, but otherwise she really holds a really steady, cool pocket, like a really cool groove. And we, yeah, and so we got like all the songs done, and she was happy with them, and um, it really didn't take a whole lot of time. Um, 
and then we started toying with the idea of adding stuff, you know, because she was asking about that a little bit. And uh, the more we added, the more <laughs> addictive it got. It was like, oh, that was really cool. Like just putting drums on that or, oh, geez, I just want to put bass on this. And like, oh, I can feel this. And then like, I don't know, like once, like my brother, like I said, he's like this really good guitar player and he's a really good pedal steel player. So like one time he came over and um, we were just messing around, you know, and I had put like some drums and bass to the song and he was just putting this like dense, like distortion guitars, heavy duty solos, like way over the top <laughs> stuff. And we were just messing around for fun, you know, testing out gear, testing out preamps, just testing out tones, you know, but we recorded for fun, you know. And, and then I sent it to Sonny, and she's like, you know, all right, it's done, she says. I'm like, what? <laughs> she's like, that's it, it's done. I'm like, oh, no, oh, we're just joking around. <laughs> and she's like, no, I've always loved rock, man. I, I'm a rocker at heart. I can't believe you guys did that for me. I was like, oh, really? All right. That was what, that's the thing is I'd only ever heard, you know, Sonny and just, her style of yeah, beautiful, you yeah. know, encompassing the earth and and it's just, it's so grounded. And it just, when you told me if she's going, she wants it to be rock and yeah. you were about to play it to me. I was me, just, like, that's, that's yeah. the direction. I do not see it. And then you played it and it was like magic. I was like, how, how does this work? It's beautiful and it's incredible and it's totally meant to be. It is. And I just, and no one saw it coming. It's just the most incredible meant to be from God, you know. And, like, the cool thing about it is, is that, like, you know, like, I've had clients that um, they'll put down a raw track and they want things, and they specifically, with the in intent of wanting things added, and they'll do it to a metronome and they'll do it, like, the clean way or whatever, and, like, and it'll take forever because I'll send them ideas and then, no, that's not quite right, or, like, oh, I don't really like this, try something else, and, like, you know, just to get, like, one instrument track can be, like, <laughs> a couple weeks of, like, back and forthing but sunny but sunny like right away like she she loves this outrageous idea she loves everything and he, he loves everything. and so um and then so i kind of like realized like maybe i have like this uh more of like a open ticket to do to be, get creative here you know what i'm saying like to open up the creative side of the mind you know which is like part of what brought leah in and things like that it's like she started just like trusting me a hundred percent and like I didn't do rock with every song because you know what every song didn't feel like that to me and like I started like just going completely with my inspiration and uh like there's this one called sunshine and water that I like I kind of know I kind of was feeling like this like sublime type almost like early you know sublime stuff or something I don't know what it was like you know so whatever we send her I mean that song kind of had this very uh, open uh, stadium type feel and then like uh, there was another song that almost has like a I don't know John Mellencamp or like uh, just like a more of like a mid-America type rock type song um, uh, I think we did another kind of hard rock and one and like everything we threw at her just like with pure inspiration whether it was like Leah coming to the table or like my brother or like my buddy Jeff North, uh, or sorry, what, what do we call, or uh, what's his, uh, well, he has so different stage name, I forgot what his name is, what we're supposed to go with. But anyway, you know, he plays uh, like, he's like a key player. He did some, I have a bunch of classic instruments here. I got an old Rhodes piano and he loves the Rhodes. 
So we put that on some songs and like whatever we throw at Sunny, she just loves it, man. And like, I, I, I don't want to jinx her. I wish I had wood to knock on, but she hasn't really not liked one of my ideas yet. <laughs> and it's been like the most amazing freeing experience of my life. I just feel like so accepted as a person. It's incredible. <laughs> It's like therapy, man. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome because she's like an open book, you know, like oh yeah, like a sponge just soaks it all in, and uh, it's really great. Yeah, she's a beautiful person. I mean, she's really one of a kind, special person. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Oh yeah, most definitely. So let's talk a little bit about uh, a couple of the tunes that you guys have been working on. Um, we could start with "Ancient Love" and. Uh, talk about that one for a little bit and then move on to sunshine and water if y'all want ancient love we did here and leah sang on that um and i got that's the pedal and I, steel yeah and oh, nice. that's actually uh kevin the first song we added anything to mm-hmm. oh cool yeah um it was one of the originals that putting that pedal steel on because it's just like yeah Incredible. Yeah. This moment. It was one of the original incredible moments of just there's pedal steel on a sunny song and it sounds cool. And it was, it's, you know, she talks about the Hawaiian islands and it just sound, sounded so island and, and right. really, it was cool. It was really cool. We actually, yeah. We actually had a, um, a drummer named Josh. Uh, he was one of our friends. He was here. Uh, and interestingly enough uh so he was the first person to do any take on it and he did the whole song in one take and it's like about five and a half minutes long with no metronome oh nice and i think he did it on the second take um yeah with no metronome Uh um because like i think my something there was like a level off on the snare or something the first time and then he well josh is uh He's a bit of a, um, he's got superpowers in certain ways. So let's just say that. Right. Uh, anyway, yeah, man, the second take, he nailed it. And he just kind of walked in out of the studio like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> and I was like, well, no, we got to, we got to check to make sure that's a good take. And, you know, we're probably going to have to cut in overdubs and, you know, like, this, I mean, there's no metronome here, so you probably didn't nail it. Then we listened through and it was like, oh, dang, Josh, you, yeah, that's actually okay that's perfect <laughs> it was a yeah it was just kind of i don't know to use the word leah said before magical and like there's kind of been a lot of things working on this album that kind of feel magical like i don't know how to explain it other than like i don't know uh, like how is that possible unless there's like a couple angels standing by type of thing <laughs> you know what i mean oh yeah man that's awesome it's like everything just starts to flow and starts clicking and you just kind of let it all go and then that's really when the magic really starts well and and even like i feel like you can like it's kind of odd but like connect deeper than like what me as a thing would be because even with sunny's album and this is going to be pretty revealing or whatever but whatever this is me uh like there was this okay so we had this josh guy like i said this guy could he could do it in two takes right but then he quit on me and i'm not saying that to put him down or anything but he had other things to do in life and that's what he that's great 
but then here I am like, well, I'm a drummer, but I'm, you know, I'm not Josh, you know, let's just say. And uh, so I had to put a little more work in some of the songs. And one of them uh, just was like this particular challenge. I just wasn't grabbing it. I don't, I couldn't understand. I kept, I kept trying to intellectualize like a beat or whatever for like a, all the parts. And it just, man, it wasn't grooving. You know what I mean? And so I'm sitting there down in the basement and I'm like, what am I going to do here? What am I going to do? I got to, got to finish this song and it's not, it's not working, you know? And I said, well, what would Sonny do? Well, she'd probably pray about it. (laughs) And so I was like, all right. So I'm sitting there at the drums and I was like, all right, God or whatever, you know, I I don't remember what word I used at the time. I might've even used ancient (laughs) love at the time or whatever, but I said, look, I, I, I don't, I can't write a good part for this. So you're just going to have to come up with the best part for the song. The part that's really going to be like, like what the audience wants to hear, what Sonny wants to hear. Cause I just can't do it. You know? And I just sat there in this moment in my, uh, you know, down there. And then I said, all right. And I marched back and I hit record and walked back in the room one more time. And I played something different for God's sake, you know? And I thought, wow, that, that was pretty good. And it wasn't the take. But it was right. a way better idea. <laughs> and, it, and after about three times, it worked, you know, three, four times of focusing on what should be there, not what I could make as an ego. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's like the ultimate receiving, you know, like, yeah, like you just say, you know what? I put it in your hands and I'm going to be the vessel and you can talk through me, <laughs> you know, that yep. sort of thing. Exactly. And I did the rest of the album like that after that. I said, you know what? This works, man. I'm not even good. Why am I sitting here writing riffs when, (laughs) you know what I mean? Who's got time for this? I'm just going to the source. You know, I've said it's a sunny album. That's the way we're doing it, you know? Uh So, And that's the way a lot of the part writing for some of these harmonizations went when I was originally writing them. It's just play the song and we'll see what happens. Yeah. We literally said that. Well, there were so many times I remember we were doing something else and playing it on the way to somewhere. And then you saying something, and I'd be like, "Oh my God, that's it!" And then I'd record it on the iPhone or something, so we could remember. Because it would come out of nowhere with you. You're just—you wouldn't even know you were doing it. You were just singing because that's what you do, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You weren't trying to write a part, but it yeah. came out just perfect, you know. So here is ancient love.
That was Ancient Love, and um, you guys want to talk a little bit about Sunshine and Water, too? I'd love to, man. Yeah. I'd love to. What was it? I mean, mean, it's got a great groove, but... Yeah. It's been the groove for the longest time until time was like, 
listen to the lyrics. And then I like sat there on the couch. I was just taken on a journey and it was just really cool. And I was like, yeah, I do want to sing on this song really bad now. Um, and <laughs> it just, it, it moves well. And it's just, it's got really interesting um, subject matter, but also it's got really light and wonderful lyrics, just like um, always. Like if we're going to be chanting mantras to each other, we should be chanting beautiful, beautiful things like this. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I had so much fun. Yeah, I love that. Song. Yeah, yeah. For me, it was like um, that was one I got to do drums and bass on, <clears throat> and uh. What I liked about it was, um, like, I really, I really carved out, like, an intentional, like, kick and snare sound for that one, because I was hearing in my mind, like, this kind of stadium rock, like, kind of, or, like, just this big, boomy kick and snare um, type of sound. But I also wanted, I also kind of felt like this almost like groovy vibe like like i said like early sublime or something like that like it had like this like it had to have like this this bitchin groovy bass line that was like i don't know like a flea bass line or like a sublime like a real tubey sounding like you know cool bass tone um so i'm like working on it and stuff and i remember uh really nailing the beat and like getting a really great capture of the drums and thinking okay this is good and I was working on the bass and I sent, actually, I sent it to Sunny. And I'll say, she didn't, she never gave me a negative response. I, I wrote this bass line, but she said something to the effect of like, uh, it sounds different to my ears or interesting. And she didn't say anything about being bad, but I, in I instantly knew this isn't the right bass line. This isn't the right thing. I did something wrong here. I can feel it. Um, and then she called me and she was telling me about the song and I don't know it hit, I don't know how much of her story I should tell but the story of the song is really cool because like Leah said it sounds like a really like kind of major happy like like song like if you listen to the words and don't focus on them intently they sound kind of happy and like uh, like positive you know like it really gives you this feeling of like you're just kind of floating through life you know um, but the meaning to the song is actually pretty dark. And so what did it mean to you? Like, uh, what was it all about? Uh, but basically what I understand is it's like about her having a dream about being like a young native, native American woman or girl, uh, who sort of lived by a source of water. I think it's like a stream and, uh, and she basically lived her whole life by the stream, you know, got her water from the stream, fish from the stream. It's like this whole symbiosis, like the stream is her life. The stream, you know, everything in her life revolves around this water, you know, in this in this dream of her being this little girl. And then like a pilgrim or a whatever guy, one day while she's going to get water from the stream, comes up and finds her and uh, like murders her in the stream and she's talking about getting murdered in the stream and she uh, she, she says I rise up in harmony 
I am sunshine and water. Yeah. And so it sounds really beautiful, but what she means is she's dying. Oh, she's, wow. <laughs> she's becoming a, yeah. She's a little 14 year old, whatever girl rising up as a spirit, looking down at her dead body, getting choked out in a river or whatever. Wow. Yeah. Like harsh, but like, like the song is so beautiful sounding and the, the vibe of it is. You miss the, the beauty of her soul returning yeah. to being one with all that is the universe. Which is the whole, yeah. That, yeah. Because after, yeah. after she dies and becomes a spirit, well, then she's not tied to, like, this judgment and grief and pain anymore. So then, like, right. to me, the vibe, the like Leah said, yeah, she becomes water. the sunshine. She becomes the it's, it's this sad, tragic moment, and yet there is no sadness in this moment. There is no sadness in the song because we aren't... We aren't leaving, we're returning to what yeah. we always have been. And we finally get to be home again. Yeah. Actually. Right. It's, not, it's the beauty yeah. of that. She's it's, leaving yeah. sadness. She's, she gets she, to escape it, really. She gets to leave yeah. and she's just, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. And that's why it's, it's not, it's, I mean, it's, yeah, it's got some dark things, but it is still just a beautiful. It's dark elements. The whole song yeah. isn't dark, but yeah, there's some it, dark elements. Yeah. It goes down, comes back up. Yeah. It's a roller coaster. It's, it's great gorgeous. Time. Yeah. We just love it. I mean, and the roads on it is one of my favorite oh, things yeah. in the whole world. That's what you, yeah, that's uh, yeah. <laughs> my buddy Manifold Spaceport. Yeah, Jeff North. Yeah, he he put uh, he put the you know organic roads, not a plug-in on that. So that was cool. Uh, we piped a signal out through a, a SVT cab uh, with the uh, with the tri tube and everything, and then reamped it and did some tones through that. So that was cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, man, just, I'll just put a lot of love into that tune. For, I mean, all of them, really. That's the thing about this. Because they're not to a metronome, you got to do the takes a couple extra times, usually, you know? But you know what? You know what, though? Like, the more hard work and energy you put into it, like, man, that shit's, that's recorded on the take, you know? Like, all that hard work is on there, you know? <laughs> it's all those takes that didn't make the record that make it great. <laughs> You know? Yeah, well, I can tell from what I've listened to that each song really has its own story and its own vibe. And, you know, that's just really great songwriting. And uh, I think you guys are doing a great job with it. Agreed. I love it. So here is Sunshine and Water.
back with Tyrell and Leah from Oh My Productions. So do you guys want to talk a little bit about the recording studio and some of the services you guys offer? Sure, yeah, I'd love to. Uh, so originally we started Oh My, uh, uh, well, I'll just say what we do now. I mean, the history doesn't matter. Right now, uh, what we can do is this. Uh, so I got the home studio thing and like, yeah, a lot of people have home studios and that stuff, so... Like, oh, people are going to say, what makes me different? Well, uh, you can't tell by listening to me that I'm different, and uh, that's on you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. A little self-poke there. <laughs> um, but besides that, the question was, what does Omai do? So basically, we do studio stuff, and I like to focus on organic-type stuff. You know, like, I really do. I want, like, I want to, I don't know how to say, like, you know, bring bring the spirit back into music or whatever and take the robot out of it, you know, yeah. type of thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and But whatever, I'll work with anybody if I like them. Um, and uh, But yeah, and also I around the Minneapolis area, I can do like live sound events and I have a, a really nice event tent, a 30 by 30, 15 foot high actual frame tent with like heater sides and everything. It looks like almost like, you know, a freestanding structure when it's up it's really nice it's not just your rickety old uh pole tent so right. um but if you're trying to do like a nice event like a concert or a wedding like a block party concert or something like that and you need like a shelter for a band shell or like if you want to do it like a nice wedding um like in a time when it's going to be like you know maybe inclement weather or cold or something like that it's really great uh, otherwise, the sides and everything can come off, and it can just be like a top or a band shell. Uh, so I've done like a lot of weddings and things like that. Uh, I got sound gear for. I can backline like for New Year's, for example. I'm doing like uh, you know bringing subs and mains and oh. monitors and mics and all that stuff to uh, a place up the road here and helping a band out so they can do a gig type of thing. So, so is it just you, or do you have a few people working with you? The studio is me and then like like Leah's like my probably my my the one that works here the most you know best backup you know or most frequent person here backing me up and then my brother's here when he can and I got a couple other guys that can help out once in a while but um but for now like that's the main players in the game so um and then I got like a person running social media and all that stuff Mel she's great she's fantastic so so the website is omiproductions.com that's O-H-M-E-Y-E-P-R-O-D-U-C-T-I-O-N-S. And it's also on Instagram as Oh My Productions. And if you guys, if anybody's interested in a heart-based, organic type of studio situation, give these guys a call. I don't think you would be disappointed. And I just wanted to say thank you guys for 
spending the time with me today and coming on and and sharing your story with us. Really appreciate it all. And uh, please come on back. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. Yeah, it's been a fun time. So this has been great. Yeah. Thanks. I'll come back. So we'll definitely get you back after the record's made and do all that. But uh, you're more than welcome to come back anytime. We can talk about gear or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's all good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. I Have can't wait. Night. Yeah. And I wanted to give a quick thank you to all the of you out there supporting this podcast. Have a great week, and we will talk to you next week. Thanks again. <laughs>